with a bunch of crazy dogs and have some fun. Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Cosa Nostra studios, I'm Matty Buller, and thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys. This is our look at the upcoming Week 3 games across the NFL, and in this episode, we're going to cover the regular weekly pick, get to Andy's total tease. I've even got a total tease for you this week, and uh, you know we'll get uh, a little bit of the football news of the week, but first with me is always from Almost Wise Guys Central, it's Andy the Prognosticator Attridge. How you doing, big guy? Not bad. I actually made up uh, some ground on my week one ill picks. Um, I went nine and six last week, but I, I cashed in on both my teaser and the total. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Teaser being Miami, uh, San Francisco. And thank you, Tampa Bay, for going over the total by a half a point. Hey, can I thank you too? Because I got down on your teaser and your total this week and both paid off handsomely. So thank you, Andy. Well, Maddie, uh, not only did you do well there, but Moneyline Maddie's pick came through for a second week in a row. I could still pick winners and I could still make money for all kinds of people back home. And for those of you who don't know, Maddie picks an underdog on the Moneyline every week. And he nailed the Moneyliner by picking the Raiders to go up on the Saints. Yeah. I do want to say after the podcast came out last Friday, I took a lot of heat from some of our listeners uh, about taking the Raiders. But uh, I came out on the money side of that bet, didn't I? You and certainly did. Thank you. And I know I just knew that John Gruden put a pretty solid cast there together in Las Vegas, and he's got that team buying in. Here's the audio of Coach Gruden breaking down the Raiders post-game locker room celebration. People ask me, what are we doing here? Las Vegas Raiders, knees, head, knees, head, huh? What are we doing? We're winning games, man. 2-0. Las Vegas Raiders, we beat the New Orleans Saints this week. What are we going to do? Knees, head, knees, head. We're going to make a TikTok. Knock on wood if you're with me. But really, the big news last week was... How some teams' sidelines look like a mash unit. I mean, obviously, injuries were the theme of the week. And, well, especially the player that replacements. Uh, we'll go into an in-depth look a lot more when we discuss individual games. But, I mean, just to name a few of the biggest injuries, you've got Christian McCaffrey. you got Nick Bosa. You've got Raheem Mostert. you got Saquon Barkley. You've got, which I don't think has ever happened before. And, no, uh, I, I don't think it's ever happened where there's been this many injuries. You know, just seeing Saquon Barkley go down while I was watching the Bears, you know, I don't root for injuries because I'm not a ghoul. And no. I, you know, Saquon's a, 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 one of the faces of the league. You know, he, you know, when Saquon does well, the league does well. He's, he's a great guy to watch running to see him go down on such a freak thing like that. And then he's out for the year. It sucks for Giants fans, but it sucks for Saquon. The uh, rehab from an ACL injury is uh, never easy. But, you know, one of the oddest injuries I heard about was Tyrod Taylor getting his lung punctured by one of the Chargers team doctors who was trying to treat him for a rib injury. I mean, who's running that Chargers medical team, Dr. Neck? So what are we doing? A lengthening or a widening? Yeah, let's make it both. Don't worry, it's inflammable. Inflammable means flammable? What a country. 
Well, Dr. Nick knows how to fire it up, and this is how we fire it up. It's time for our weekly picks. First game of the afternoon is uh, in Pittsburgh, where Pittsburgh hosts the Houston Texans. The Steelers are four-point favorites. 45 was your over-under. Uh, Pittsburgh should have, by all, all ways and means, have beaten Denver last week soundly because Denver had a basically a practice squad going over there with all their injuries, and they, they actually did not cover the spread. You think Houston's got a chance to cover this four points in well, Steeltown? Pittsburgh not cover the spread. They were close to losing outright. To they sure were. And who's on the Denver side of that? I'm just saying. Just saying. You, dude, and that was one of the ones you said you were going with your gut. Because yeah, all, all the stats said going across the country, they had the Monday nighter. Yeah. That's, yeah. I'm, I'm blown away that Denver came in and showed up like that, but... Pittsburgh's got Houston. They get a second home game in a row. Um, Houston seems to be on the way down. They they really can't play defense, especially against the rush. It should be a big day for James Conner. Uh, the Texans have allowed 198 rush yards per game this season. That's the second most in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I think Pittsburgh's got probably one of the best front sevens in the league. Um, their, their history against Texans, they've won four of their past five against them. And Houston has done absolutely nothing to impress me. Uh, getting rid of DeAndre Hopkins, I think, was the uh, was the death spike for them. But, oh, you can only blame the general manager. Oh, right, who's also the coach. Yep. Way to go, Ryan. Yep, um, he's playing this, checkers while everybody else in the NFL is playing chess. I don't even know if he's playing checkers. He's playing Connect Four. Go for it! Connect Four. My daughter can. My nine-year-old daughter could probably beat him at Connect Four. Well, she I probably could. We have Connect Four, but um, to be honest, this uh, this line moved down to four made no sense to me. I'm not sure what people are gravitating to in Houston, but I don't know. Maybe it was uh, too easy a pick. But I, <laughs> Pittsburgh at home against a failing Houston team. Uh, at, my, at minus four, I'm just, yeah, I, I'm loving that for Pittsburgh. I really am. This four points, I think, is a gift. This could be a, a six and a half to seven point spread. Is yeah, poor Deshaun Watson's been running for his life. The Texans have allowed the most sacks, 173, and quarterback hits, 344 since 2017, and it's not going to get any better for him on Sunday because the Steelers' defense has the most sacks, 172, and the most quarterback hits, 364 since 2017, and I think their defense this year is actually one of the best they've had in the last four or five years, their front seven. You mentioned them. They they get after it. No, they were they were good before. Now they're really good. Like Deshaun Watson is going to get out of a lot of messes, but you know, like you said, he doesn't have Hopkins to help him get out of those messes anymore. He doesn't really have the supporting cast, with the exception of maybe uh, Johnson at running back is doing his job this year. But it, you know, he two guys do not make a team, and Houston doesn't play very good defense, and they don't have much of an offensive line. By that alone, the four points, I'm going with the Steelers. So I got that going, which is nice.
All right, let's stay in Pennsylvania. Although we'll uh, head to Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, where the Eagles are five-point favorites over the visiting Cincinnati Bengals. I can't figure this spread out because, as far as I know, Carson Wentz is still the quarterback at Philadelphia. So I'm making this, ladies and gentlemen, my Moneyline Maddie pick for the week. Already, we haven't even talked about it. We haven't I'm, even gone into the issues with Philadelphia yet, dude. I got the Bengals at plus two hundred two earlier this week, uh, and that was when the line came out. You could still get them now around plus one seventy five, plus one eighty at online sports books, and I still think the odds are worth the risk. But let's di- let us discuss the game. Well, let me play uh, my Doctor Watson to buttress your Sherlock Holmes point. Joe Burrows threw sixty one. It's hit 61 passing attempts and zero interceptions. And no rookie in the history of the NFL has ever done that. Now, you couple that with Philly, who wide receiver Alshon Jeffrey looks like he won't be playing, suffering a foot injury. They still have Brandon Brooks in the pup list. And the reason why I bet against uh, the Eagles last week, and the, probably the reason why they lost, was because their offensive line is so depleted. Now you got... Tackle Andre Dillard, who's still out indefinitely now. And now you have Isaac Samalo, who's on the IR with a knee injury. And, you know, the aforementioned Houston team has allowed eight sacks. Well, so is Philadelphia. And, and Carson Wentz goes into the ground more often than not. And here's how bad it got for Philly last week against the Rams. We're obviously aware that noise gets pumped into the games, but also some artificial noise gets uh, put on for the viewer's benefit. On at least two occasions, viewers heard Carson Wentz and the Eagles offense get showered with boos, once after a failed third down conversion, and then after Wentz threw a pick in the end zone. But apparently the boos were only heard by viewers and not the team itself. Well, this is a fan base that boos Santa Claus. And also every Sunday or Monday night or whatever, they got to cheer for Carson Wentz, and that stinks. Uh, Fewer than 14 fantasy points in each game this season. And, you know, Cincinnati's actually allowing the fourth, fourth fewest fantasy points per game to quarterback right now in the NFL at 12.14. So um, I know that Joe Burrows had a rough opening to his first primetime game uh, last Thursday night against the Browns, but he studied himself pretty well. A lot of rookies would have packed their shit and went home. And he steadied himself and almost led the Bengals to somewhat of a comeback. You know, obviously falling short. There are no points for second place. But yeah, if the Eagles really want to win this game, they're going to have to run the football, which they're not doing very well this year. You know, the Browns, we saw what they did with Nick Chubb last week. But Miles Sanders is pretty good, but he is not Nick Chubb. And the Eagles offensive line is not the Browns offensive line. The Bengals have allowed 200 plus uh, rush yards five times since 2019. So, I mean, they you can rush on them, but I don't know, man. I Like I said, I think this is a Bengals game, to, not just to cover. I think they're going to win it on the money line. Well, they do They do have the extra three days of rest uh, played on last Thursday. So um, that's important as well. After evaluating millions of pieces of data in the blink of an eye, the Gambletron 2000 says the winner is... Cincinnati by 200 points. Why, you worthless hunk of junk?
right, to New York we go. Well, rather New Jersey, but it is the New York Giants. And uh, they are four-point underdogs against the visiting San Francisco 49ers. The over-under on this is 41. I just The G-men are hit by, by the injury bug, but then again, so are the Niners. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, this is... This is a, a meeting of mash units, you know, and we pick, we should mention this to listeners. We pick all the games on this podcast, but this is one game that you're going to want to stay away from this week. Like I wouldn't bet this with your money, Andy. There's too many variables that we don't know. You can't even really make an educated guess with how many subs are in this game. No, you're right. I mean, Saquon's done for the year. We know that, but Sterling Shepard is also out with a toe injury. But look on the other side of the ball with San Francisco. And before I say that, let me preface it by what the hell is going on with the turf at MetLife Field? I mean, it's horrible. I, I, I think that there's something wrong with that, and there's some legitimacy to people complaining, Adam Gase being one of them. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you got Solomon Thomas going down defensive end for San Francisco. Nick Bosa are now both out in the IR as a result of last game. You don't drive a Ferrari or a Lamborghini down at fucking dirt road and these players are ferraris and lamborghinis you can't put them on shit turf if there's a problem with it you got to fix it like these guys are multi-million dollar investments i mean it, it probably is cheaper for them to fix the turf than to keep having guys go down well and i'll just add to the uh the injury list raheem mostert went out Tim oh that, hurt, that hurts the fantasy you know, game buddy jimmy g is not likely to start as for Kyle Shanahan. In fact, they're so decimated at the linebacker position. I heard that they were uh, trying out Bryson DeChambeau uh, to come in and see how he'd fare. <laughs> you know, he's looking like 240. He can, you know, he can rush some quarterbacks. You know, he can hit it 400 yards. Holy shit. That house is like 400 yards away. Is that good? This game is so hard to call. Here's what I'm what's going to lean me, okay? Because right. this is all this is like watching the Giants and the and the Niners practice squads practice, like go at it. The Niners are 4 and 20 without Jimmy G as a starter in the Kyle Shanahan era. Uh they're 20 and 6 with him. They're going across the country. New York's at home. I just I'm going to give a nod to the home dog here, but I have no confidence in it. Well, Okay, so the, actually the 49ers uh, put some influence on the schedule makers in the offseason, and they saw that they had to play the Jets and the Giants, and they simply asked, can we play them in consecutive weeks? And I suppose for COVID reasons, they said, yeah, okay, we want to minimize travel. So normally when the 49ers go to the East Coast and have two games in a row, they stay at the DeBartolo compound in Evanston, Ohio. Well, that wasn't available, but instead they went to the Greenbrier Resort in West Virginia. Now, let me tell you a little bit about that, Maddie. Located amid the breathtaking Allegheny Mountains of West Virginia, the Greenbrier is a national historic landmark and an award-winning resort that has been welcoming guests since 1778. Now, Maddie, do you think the boys are going to take advantage of A, the murder mystery dinner theater, B, the yoga power retreat, or perhaps see the bracelet and jewelry making workshop. My point is that these guys have had a restful week, bonding, gelling, talking about football, while the Giants have been home with their wives and kids. And let's face it, some of the Giants have a lot of children. Hi-oh! 
So you're going for you? You think the Niners can cover four points well, okay. away despite, with a despite the injuries? Okay, you got George Kittle out as a tight end, but guess what? You got Jordan Reed. You've got Raheem Mostert out as a running back, but you still got Jet McKinnon. You've got Tevin Coleman out as a running back, and you still got Kyle Uzcheck. So they are very deep at these positions. I I'm don't more concerned about Bosa. I'm more concerned about Bosa. You can't, you can't replace a guy like that. No, you I can't. Think. Uh, with Sterling Shepard out and Saquon Barkley, I, th- I think they're going to be able to run them over quite well. And yeah, that's uh, I'm taking the Niners at uh, minus four. But seriously, listeners, just don't don't bet on this game. There are so many other games this week. Just keep your money in your pocket for this one. I hear that. Here's some more money for your pocket. You have a nice, nice, nice. New England Patriots. On to Foxborough, where the New England Patriots are home favorites against the visiting Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, New England uh, favored by six and a half points with the 47 and a half over under. And this really is stop number three on the Cam Newton revenge tour. Uh, it, it, this week, he's got a really tough ta- challenge, though. John Gruden bringing a very tough 2-0 Raiders team to town. Knees, head, knees, head. But man, how about the resurgence of Cam Newton? Uh, more pass yards than Patrick Mahomes, more rush yards than Dalvin Cook, and more rush TDs than Ezekiel Elliott entering week three. That's pretty damn impressive. I think, it, honestly, dude, I think it's an upgrade to what we saw from Tom Brady last year. I, I 100% agree with you. Get a room, you two. We're in a room. Well, then lose some weight. You know, Las Vegas, they played Monday night. We all saw how they came to crap out of New Orleans. But, you know, it was the first game that they had in a brand new stadium, albeit no fans there. This is their second trip to the East Coast in three weeks. And now you've got Bill Belichick. I've handled dozens of balls. And that was like, that came down to the last play. One yard for Cam Newton, and he didn't get it. So you got Belichick off a loss. What do you think that guy's going to fire up? I mean, I, I feel sorry for Vegas to begin with, but they got a short week and they have to travel to New England, and it's less than a touchdown. You'd have to do a lot of talking to me because right now I'm not going to say that Vegas is one-dimensional with Josh Jacobs. They're not. They, they're, they're spreading the ball around. But I think I think Belichick can shut down one guy, and that'll be Josh Jacobs. So See, I disagree, I, I think, dude. I totally disagree. I think, well, like I think that they will pay attention to the run game, of course, but I think that it's going to be Darren Waller that just gets blanketed because Derek Carr throws to him so often over since the beginning of this season. Well, like, like most favorite, most people forget. Target. Yeah, it's totally his favorite target. And Bill Belichick was a defensive coordinator before he was a head coach. And a damn good one. Coach Hall of Famer Lawrence Taylor won a Super Bowl with those Giants teams. Hey, Sula, you better hope I never get back in there. I will kick your Belichick will have been making a game plan all week to neutralize Waller as a threat. He's going to make Derek Carr beat him with wide receivers, if anything. He's not going to beat him on the ground. He's not going to beat him with uh, these tight end type throws in the middle. He's going to have to go to his wideouts. Yeah, did you see him on his presser? 
He looked like a homeless guy. Can you spare a little change for an old buccaneer? He came out. He got holes in his. He got holes in his uh, his sweater that didn't even have uh, sleeves, and he looked like he hadn't brushed his teeth or combed his hair in a couple of days. No, this guy is focused. He is focused. A guy like with his record, you would think he'd come out dressed like Tom Landry. Instead, he dresses like Matt Patricia looks. <laughs> Disheveled. But yeah, like uh, John Gruden, one and three versus Belichick head to head. That includes the playoffs. And um, I just, the Raiders are coming off that huge high of a Monday night upset against the Saints, but they're working with a short week. They got to travel all the way across the country to the East Coast. And man, uh, the Pats, like you said, I think they got an upgrade in Cam Newton, and he's out to prove that he's worth the big money that Dak Prescott claims he's worth. So I'm going with the Pats here with the six and a half points. I've handled dozens of balls over the past week. Well, I saw the thing coming out of the sky. It had one long horn and a one big eye. I could miss the shaking and a sidooie. Looks like a purple people eater to me. It was a one-eyed, one-horned, blind purple people eater. Ah, they were once the vaunted purple people eaters, but uh, now uh, the Minnesota Vikings are more like uh, the purple pie man from Strawberry Shortcake. <laughs> uh, they are playing host to the Tennessee Titans this week. And, uh, well, they are two-and-a-half-point underdogs at home, 49 over and under. I mean, the Titans... Uh, they've been exceptional this week, this season in the red zone. Seven red zone drives. Six of those drives have ended with a pass touchdown. Uh, the only exception was Goskowski's game-winning field goal in week one. Well, I mean, we can talk about this season too, but let's date, date it back to last season. They won six of the last seven road games, including two in the playoffs last year against whom? The New England Patriots and the Baltimore Ravens. Now, on the other side of the ball, the Detroit team, but especially the defense, is trending in the wrong direction. They've allowed 71 points already in two games. And so far, only one takeaway. Now, the Titans have obviously had some uh, kicking issues with Gustowski. Um, they could have beat the Broncos by a lot more than they did, but he took 10 points off the, off the scoreboard. And they almost lost to the Jags this week, only with a three-point win, 33-30. Now, does the team from Minnesota write the Viking ship here, or does Tennessee keep on rolling? And every single bone in my body wants to say it's Tennessee, but for some reason, I think Minnesota's going to show up. I this think is your, this is this is like your Broncos pick last week. Do we have to do a new segment called Andy's Gut? Andy's gut. Um, well, because it yeah. seems like your guts paid off the last couple of weeks, so maybe we should ride this out. Andy's six, guts saying this is under a field goal, so I don't know if I want to put two and a half points in my gut. But all right, yeah, okay, we'll call it Andy's gut, and I'm going to say Minnesota is going to write the Viking ship. Um, well, yeah, I'm not going to well on that. It's an ugly pick, but they are at home, and God, I'm about well, to, you know, Derek. He's got the most um, rushing attempts. He's tied for the most rushing attempts with Aaron Jones at 57. Are they going to use him as a workhorse? Probably, but so is Minnesota with Alvin Cook. I know they don't have Stephon Diggs anymore, and they're a little bit shy in the corners, and their defensive line isn't that great. There's a whole bunch of reasons 
But Mike Zimmer has got to come back down to earth. He's got to come back down to earth and figure out, hey, we're the Minnesota Vikings here. We're at home. And I don't like, I don't think they want to get that far behind the eight ball in the NFC North. So I think it's a must win for them. Well, just because they don't want to fall more behind in the NFC North doesn't mean they aren't going to fall more behind in the NFC North. But first of all, this 49 over under, I I love the 49 over and under. I'll take the under every day on this. I take under 29. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I could, with all the rushing play in the defense uh, that, that Tennessee has, I could definitely see this going under 50 points for sure. I'm just going to throw a little water on your Vikings fire here because they've been trending the wrong way since the back end of last season. They've oh, got I know. I know. they've got 175 total yards or fewer in three of their last six games, including the playoffs, and that's a one in five record in that span. And they can't stop the pass either. You know, Tannehill should have a pretty big day. The Vikings are allowing the second most fantasy points per game to wide receivers this season. And also, Minnesota got really screwed by the injury bug last week as well. They lost linebacker Anthony Barr for the season with a torn pack. That's a huge loss for an already troubled defense, right? So what you're saying, Matty, though, is that they, they're due. They're due. No, what I'm saying is they stink, and I haven't even gotten to the stinkiest part of them yet, which is Kirk Cousins, who is struggling, oh, struggling. so horribly this year. He's it's got like four inters- What's that? No, Kirk Cousins like an apple that you've left in your locker since the beginning of COVID and just come back to find it all shriveled up and uh, good for maybe two completions a game. Oh, his shriveled up apple is worth four interceptions, a 61.9 QBR, and an 0-2 record this year, all worst in the league. Fuck Kirk Cousins. Fuck the Minnesota okay, so Vikings. What do you do? I got you the do Titans. Shriveled up apple. You throw it in water and let it rehydrate. What? state has more lakes than anyone else it's a what, land of ten thousand lakes so you I throw it in one of those i don't grab a rotten apple and throw it in water jesus well i get somebody it, other than me to clean it out of the locker why was there an apple in my locker in the first place it wasn't a bag of chips so it wasn't mine boys can you set me up with chips popping a bar what up, though? This is Big Snoop Dogg. Dog Pound, y'all better turn up this week, man. Y'all got a new feeling, new spirit. Let's go get it done, Dog Pound. Cleveland rocks. Cleveland rocks. Cleveland rocks. Cleveland rocks. Cleveland rocks. We go to Cleveland after big win in prime time last Thursday night. They've had 10 days to prepare, so they are seven-point favorites against a visiting Washington professional football team. 45's the over-under. Now, the good news is the Browns had a big primetime game last Thursday night, and the offense was bang on. But the bad news is the defense still had trouble keeping points off the board against the Bengals. A rookie <laughs> they've quarterback. Al- they've allowed 78 points in the first two games of the season. You know, is there a way for Washington to exploit this? Well, they've got a great front seven. Washington does. Um, and as you know, as you say, the, the Browns played a, a, a very good game against the Bengals. I mean, it was the Ohio Super Bowl. Uh, they came out on top, not by a lot. 
you know, we talked no. about uh, how Burrow threw for, oh my gosh, 61 pass attempts, no, no INTs. I know that Cleveland can move the ball themselves. I don't know how they're going to face up against this Washington uh, front, though. Uh, the Browns have quietly won five of the last six home games. And, you know, with Nick Chubbs, looked like a battering ram. And Baker Mayfield played really well. I, there was one touchdown that he threw to Jarvis Landry where he spun out of the pocket, and it was a naked bootleg. And he basically threw a perfect pass across his body with about five or six orange jerseys chasing him down. And that's kind of the Baker Mayfield we expected to see. But at the same time, Cleveland, minus seven. Really, are you going to feel comfortable taking that? I don't know if I am. 45 is, I wouldn't call it a high spread, and I wouldn't call it a low spread. It's a sort of middle of the range. I got a sneaking suspicion that Washington can keep it a little closer than that. And I'm not comfortable taking Cleveland um, when it's at seven or more. So, yeah, I'm. I don't want to talk about this game too much because it is Washington and Cleveland. But for now, I'm siding with the professional football team from Washington. All right, Washington though they're not very good at keeping teams off the scoreboard. They've allowed thirty plus points in four of their last five games, dating back to 2019. And you know, I do want to give props. You said the Washington's front seven, especially to Chase Young. He seems to be the like he's the real deal, man. Mm-hmm. Two and a half oh, yeah. sacks in his first two career games. That's pretty awesome. And uh, you know, the same has to be said for Baker Mayfield because I I shit on the guy a lot, but this year he's doing a much better job handling handling the blitz and. He's making pretty good decisions under pressure. He's uh, 21 for 32 with 7.8 yards per attempt, three touchdowns, no picks, and 120.4 passer rating under pressure this season. Well, may I interject for a second? He didn't. You may, Andy. He didn't. He didn't fix the blitz. His general management fixed the blitz by picking up some old linemen uh, in the offseason to protect him. But that's also why Nick Chubb's been able to go off a bit this season thus far as well. Oh, for sure. I, and, I, and one thing translates into another. Now his wide receivers become more open. It's, you know, you have to respect the play action, everything. Here's um, the they, stat. Here's the stat that is going to win me over. Okay. Yeah. Washington is allowing 142 rush yards per game since last year. That's the second most in the NFL. And yes, their front seven's very good against the pass. They're good at a pass rush. They're still not very good against the run. And the Browns did what they did last week because of the run, not because of the pass. I'm going to hold my nose because I hate picking the Browns. They fuck me every chance they get. Uh, And I'm keeping my personal money out of this game. But I think the stats and the situation bear it out, man. I'm saying go. I can't believe I'm saying this, but. Go Browns. You know what? Honestly, this is one of those games where you flip a coin and then you're not surprised where the coin didn't land on heads or tails. It landed on its its side. And it, yeah, this is probably going to be a seven point game. Or when you looked, there was a head and there was a tail and you flipped it. And when it came up, it was just Browns. <laughs> Brown. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. 
to upstate New York we go in Orchard Park where the Buffalo Bills, that's right, Bills Mafia, I'm talking about you. They're uh, two and a half point favorites against visiting LA Rams. This is a battle of two and O teams. Uh, someone obviously will be going home a loser. Le who? The her. Now, I do want to talk about the Bills right off the top, though. The Bills 2 and 0. But last week's game versus the Dolphins was interesting. In the past, if the Bills had an off night, pardon me, in the past, if the Bills' defense had an off night, they'd get blown out. Last week, their defense allowed 28 points to the Dolphins, but they still came out with the win. And that's because Josh Allen is a stud and he's showing that he can win football games. Oh, Maddie, he's leading the league in passing errors with 729 and six touchdowns. Yeah, second only to Russell Wilson last week in fantasy points for quarterbacks. It's unreal. No, I mean, he's impressed everyone because a lot of, I think a lot of people, including myself, had sort of written him off as maybe not the best guy for the job, but he's got a great arm and yada, yada, yada. But he's actually showing his prowess in the pocket. He's able to get the ball deep down uh, with a little bit more accuracy than he had shown in previous seasons. But uh, look at the other side of the ball. I think the Rams, now keep in mind, unlike the 49ers who stayed in West Virginia, said Greenbrier, um, they traveled back to L.A., and they're coming back then across the country again. So they traveled twice in in one week. And I, you know what? Um, I think the people are too much in love with the Rams. I checked the weather report. There's going to be 14 mile an hour winds, which is not something that Jared Goff or the Rams often see. And I think right now with the Bills under a field goal, kind of a gift, kind of a gift. I don't know what this would be on a neutral field, but. I I like Buffalo at home here. The defense is playing well. To me, uh, the total of 48 seems a bit high. It does, but, you know, it's going against, obviously, what we said before about um, Josh Allen leading the league in touchdowns and and yards. But, no, I don't – I see a a much more of a defensive battle here. I think the game's going to be tight, and I think Buffalo's going to squeak out a win here by probably by four four or five points, but – I like them at home, and I'd, I'd be remiss if I took the Rams uh, on their second trip to the East Coast in one week. Well, you know, I'm going to give the Rams their due in that they've definitely improved this season. I really do think they have. Uh, Jared Goff looks like he's made uh, uh, more improvements from what he was like last year. Uh, their defense is still pretty decent. I think, uh, you know, uh, they might have signed too many big names. That Jalen Ramsey signed with all that money. Like, how are you going to get anybody else to play with Darnold? No, and, I mean, uh, exactly. You know, it, just, it doesn't. They're cash poor. Yeah. I, I think the Bills are a team of destiny. I'm your density. I can't believe I'm saying this, too, but, like, I, I they're going 3-0, and man. They might be competing with the New England Patriots this year as the class of the AFC East. I'm saying go Bills. Go Bills. And we ride on them things like every day Big beats hit streets, see gangsters roaming And parties don't stop till 8 in the morning Alright, on to Atlanta 
Where he, my Chicago Bears are coming into town. The Bears are three-point underdogs going into Atlanta, and uh, it's a 48-and-a-half over-under. But before we discuss this game, as a Bears fan, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that we lost a Bears legend this week. Gail Sayers, the Kansas Comet, was much like his moniker. A Comet is fast and awe-inspiring, but it only lasts but a brief moment. He announced his presence the minute he stepped on an NFL field. Sayers' rookie year, it was the stuff of legend. Scored an NFL record at that time, 22 touchdowns, 14 rushing, 6 receiving. Uh, one each on punt and kickoff returns. He gained 2,272 all-purpose yards. Yeah, how many years was that before Marshall Falk? And uh, a record uh, for an NFL rookie at the time. Um Sarah's averaged 5.2 yards per rush and 17 and a half yards per reception. Unfortunately, though, his career came to an end far too early due to injuries sustained uh, in both his knees that just dogged him for the last few years of his career. Yeah, and it's hard to believe. I mean, he was the youngest player ever to be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame at the age of 34. Um, really sad passing. Rest in peace, Gail Sayers. Give me 18 inches of daylight. That's all I need. All right, respect on Mr. Sayers' name. And uh, we will talk about the Bears now. And, you know, they're 2-0. And as a Bears fan, though, I want you to know, I'm not feeling, like, super good about it. Uh, they've yet to play 60 minutes of football in either game. Uh, they essentially only showed up for a quarter in week one. Uh but, of course, they were beating, you know, they are playing the Lions, and that's usually good enough to beat a Lions team. Uh, against the G-Men last week, they come out firing, get up to a 17-0 halftime lead. Coach Nagy takes the foot off the gas. They go into their shell, re- get really conservative, let the Giants back into it. They almost, you know, it, it came down, you know. like I just, I wonder what it's like to be one of those franchises that doesn't have to stress in the fourth quarter. I wonder what that's like. Well, I'm not sure... In this particular game, which is worse, the, the the lack of offense that we see for the Chicago Bears, or the lack of effort that we see from the Atlanta Falcons on defense. Oh, now, dude. everyone obviously remembers that game against the Dallas Cowboys. You know where it came down to a an onside kick that looked like I don't know. They were looking at it was like a Fabergé egg that got kicked off, the, and no one wanted to touch it. And it was like, what's going on here? And that was the first game in 440 uh, sample sizes since 1933 where a team had 39 points and zero turnovers and lost the game. So, yay, way to go. Do I detect a note of sarcasm? Are you kidding me? This baby is off the charts. Who is sarcasm detector? Well, that's a really useful invention. Dan Quinn has done it again. He did it in the Super Bowl. Everyone blamed it on Kyle Shanahan. But come on, man. I mean, like he, the play calling in that, you know, he, he, he's going for two when he's up 20. Like There was just so many mental errors on that. I don't know who to blame it on. But Atlanta is just, I, I, I don't know. I don't like it. Um, I don't trust them. And honestly, Maddie, I believe that the ghost of Gale Sayers will be with the Bears this week. And they're going to just drum it up a notch for him and i like them to cover the three points 
Well, I've dogged Trubisky a bit on this show when he hasn't done well, but I do have to point out as well as he did in the first half. In the second half, um, Miller had a couple like what should have been sure touchdowns that or well, sure catches. One would have been a touchdown, uh, but dropped them. But they were perfectly thrown passes. And uh, one of the two interceptions thrown to Robinson. Robinson, uh, you know, the DB had his back to Robinson. Robinson should have been able, like if he knew he wasn't catching the ball, should have been able to play defense on it. So that's not entirely on Mitch. Uh, You know, when Nagy actually, you know, takes the training wheels off like he did in the first half or in the fourth quarter against the Lions, Mitch and that offense do really well. The minute they get conservative, and by the way, when I say conservative, I don't mean when they start running. They they ran the ball um, awesomely in the first half, and that's part of the reason why the passing game works so well. Montgomery, uh, Cordero Patterson, Tariq Cohen, all out of the backfield were doing fantastic things in the rush game. Even Mitch was using his legs. It's just the second half, you could see that Nagy was like, well, we're with the Giants. We're up 17 points. This can't get you know much worse. Unfortunately, you know, you let a team back in it. If you got your foot on their throat, you got to put it down. But in the Bears' defense in this game, their DBs are shutting opposing wide receivers down this year. Kyle Fuller, league-leading 0.0 passer rating allowed. Uh, it's got a pick. Safety Eddie Jackson's a ball hawk. He's denied uh, that first pick six of the year for the Bears defense by a horrible pass interference call last week. And uh, rookie cornerback Jalen Johnson had an incredible first two weeks of his brief career thus far. Uh, 46.2 completion percentage allowed. That's eighth among quarterbacks, but first among rookies. And uh, 33 uh, forced completion percentage, which is fourth in the league. So in short... Uh, Matty Ice has a propensity to throw some picks, and that Bears secondary is going to have a big day, I think. Not to mention the Bears' pass rush will make Matty Ice a little uncomfortable back there all day. Um, Always listen to Andy when we talk about the Bears because I'm a huge Bears honk, and I rarely go against them, but fuck yeah. I'm going with the Bears. Well, and, uh, <clears throat> sorry, again, to buttress your point once more. Buttress uh, away. Uh, we talked about the offense of the defense. Corderell Patterson, the aforementioned, actually has the most return yards on special teams than anyone in the league. So uh, maybe watch this to come down to a special teams play. Uh, it, like uh, vis-a-vis the days of Devon or Devin Hester. Okay. So, oh, you're invoking Hester's name here? That's like... I'm invoking Hester's name. Just, you know, just saying, just saying. All right. Gale Sayers. I'll take Gale that. Sayers. Gale Sayers used to play that position too. Okay. Out to the West Coast and the L.A. Chargers in their shiny new stadium. Our six-and-a-half-point favorites against the visiting Carolina Panthers. 44 and a half the over and under. This is the first of the late afternoon games. And as we mentioned at the top, uh, the Chargers medical staff had a little hiccup last Sunday. And by hiccup, I mean puncturing their starting QB's lung while trying to treat him for a rib injury. Now, I'm told we have the audio of the aftermath of his treatment. 
Uh, let's roll it. Give her this, and this, and then these. Oh, thank you, doctor. No, I'm not a doctor. Yikes! I guess the San Diego Chargers are bad at everything. It must be a top-down organizational commitment to failure. Even their medical staff got through school with gentlemen C's. Now, Terod Taylor isn't the biggest name out there. Run CMC is also out. Now, McCaffrey's out for six weeks with a high ankle sprain. And now you have guard Chris Reed is out with COVID. Moving down the O-line, the other guard is questionable with an ankle injury. But, yes, the oddest injury of the week. Adam Schefter reported that a Chargers team doctor accidentally punctured Taylor's lung when he injected the quarterback with painkillers in his cracked ribs. Taylor has been advised to avoid playing indefinitely after the injury. Maddie, is this not the most Chargers story ever? They don't do much right. Uh, the problem is the Panthers aren't doing a lot right now either. I mean, no. The Panthers' D can't get to the quarterback. Dude, you and I, sitting on our couches, have as many sacks as the Panthers' D has. That's bumpkiss. Um, They downright suck. They've allowed 20-plus points in 14 consecutive games. Yeah, Mo, that team sure did suck last night. They just plain sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Austin Eckler should have a good game. The Panthers have allowed a top three fantasy running back in each game this season thus far. Uh, I, I just, and Teddy Bridgewater, he was already having a hard time moving the ball this year. And now he's without run CMC. Yeah. Uh, if they had McCaffrey, I'd be picking the Panthers to take this, but nah, man, I'm going with the San Diego Superchargers. So, Maddie, I'm I'm not going to make my pick based on the prowess of their offense. Um, I'm going to make it despite their coach, Anthony Lynn. And if he can get out of his own way, I think that the Chargers can actually cover the spread of six and a half against a Carolina team that simply doesn't want to play defense. Well, isn't that special? Up next, we head to Seattle, where they are five-point favorites against the visiting Dallas Cowboys. A whopping 56 is your over-under for this game, and they might even hit the over on that, the way these two teams have been scoring. Um, but let's face it, the only reason Dallas even won last week was that they were playing the NFL's perennial choke artists, the Atlanta Chicken Hawks. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, meanwhile, Russell Wilson... That dude looks unstoppable. And even Stefan Gilmore couldn't contain D DK Metcalf. I mean, can Dallas cover five points in Seattle? Well, okay, let's look at the game against Atlanta. Obviously, they had a total meltdown on defense in the second half. Dakota Rain Prescott threw for 450 yards, one touchdown, and three rushing touchdowns. Actually, the first player ever ever in the history of the NFL to throw for over 400 and rush for three himself. Now, the happiest guy in the whole country was a man named Todd France. Maddie, do you know who Todd France is? Who's Todd France, Andy? <laughs> that would be Dak Prescott's agent. 
And I recall during the game, you were texting me saying, this guy isn't going to get over five mil a year if they don't win this game. Yeah. And now that he did, and they're back in the swing of things and everything else, now he can talk about bigger money. Oh, hey, hey, hold the fuck up. That was one game. Get the hell okay. out of here with that talk. Okay, let's see how he does against the top-notch team instead of the chicken head team from Atlanta. Are you absolutely out of your fucking mind? Well, Dak okay, Prescott, let- by the way, okay, 400-plus yards, great. He's 1-3 in his career following a 400-plus pass yard performance. And by the way, in those four games, threw for fewer than 280 yards in each game. So there's a prop bet for you to get down on. Dak's going to throw for under 300 this week. All right, I'm not saying that's not a bad prop bet to take. You just said a top top echelon team in the league in Seattle, their defense has given up more yards than every other team in the league at 970. Oh, they they got to tighten it up in the league. Yeah, oh, I agree. They don't have defense. They don't don't have defense. They don't. And I just think that this uh, this line at uh, minus five or plus five for Dallas is a bit of a gift. I think Dallas can squeak by, and, and maybe. Um, I'm not calling it a money line play, but I, I think Dallas could uh, could totally win out right here. I'm going with the Cowboys. So apparently Andy has gone on another one of his gonzo NFL films mescaline trips. He's not seeing things correctly. What's the score here? What's next? But that's fine. I'm here to give you the fucking straight dope. And let me tell you, it's the Seahawks minus five. <laughs> if you want to make money anyway, if otherwise, just throw your money at Dallas. I'm sure uh, Jerry Jones can go find a place to put it in the glory hole. I want me some glory hole. This is Johnny United for the Baltimore Colts. Let's go, you Colts. The Indianapolis Colts are at home, and they are 11-point favorites against the New York Jets. 44 is the over-under. And let me just say this right now, because I'm not doing a lot on this game, because really, who cares? Uh, 11 points, though, is way too much of a spread for an NFL game that has an over-under of less than 50. Are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? Uh, you know, Indy's playing. Matt, it's less than 45. <laughs> yeah, it's 44. It's it's yeah. unreal. You know, I just I wouldn't put my money anywhere near this game, but I've got to pick it. I'm going to hold my nose and take the Jets. The Colts should win this outright, but 11 points. I mean, geez, statistically, you're better off taking the Jets. Oh, for sure. I, and I wouldn't even hold my nose. I mean, like, look at Indy. They got uh, their wide receiver, Paris Campbell, is out with an MCL. Um, free safety, Malik Hooker is out with an Achilles injury. And and don't forget that their their stud running back Marlon Mack has been out now for two weeks, and any loss to the Jags in Week One after getting off to a big lead, I think this is an opportune time for the Jets to show up with Sam Darnold and not much else to go around them. I think it's a game of destiny. I'm your density for the New York J E T S Jets Jets Jets. Baby, yeah. But we gonna win the West, baby. Now I ain't saying we're the best, baby. Yeah. But 
the Mile High City we go. The Denver Broncos are six-point underdogs at home against visiting Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And it's a 43-and-a-half over-under. Now, problem with this game, Denver is reeling from injuries. At this moment, they are without the services of Drew Locke, Philip Lindsay, Cortland Sutton, Vaughn Miller, Mark Barron, and A.J. Booya. Booya! I don't even know how to pronounce his last name, but I just say Booya. I like Booya. I like Booya. Let's go with that. They also are starting Dr- Jeff Driscoll. He's one in seven. He has the worst record of any quarterback with eight plus starts since 2018. I mean, this isn't tough, dude. Denver had no business covering last week versus the Steelers. I think that was an anomaly. Uh, Brady's coming in here with a Bucks team that's trying to get something going. I'm taking the Bucks. All right. But I mean, let's look at the last game that Denver played in Pittsburgh, by the way. I think Driscoll actually outplayed Roethlisberger in the second half. If you actually look at the stats, he's very serviceable. And I hate remember I said anomaly, though, right? Anomaly. I think he's actually a step up from Drew Locke. He's he's been around the block a few times more. You don't have to worry about rookie mistakes. And yeah, I get it. Philip Lindsay's out. They still have a great defense, however. And Tampa Bay still has the youngest defensive secondary core in the league. Now, note to you fantasy players out there. Look at Denver's first-round draft pick, Judge Jerry Judy. He's going to have a big day. Yes, the first-round pick, the wideout from Alabama, Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. And if you look at this spread at plus six at home for Denver in the elevation with a low total, with some wind playing a factor, I'm going to suggest that there's, you're still paying a luxury tax on Tom Brady. I'm all over the Broncos here, and I love them. I love them. I'm not I'm not flipping a coin here. Love the Broncos. Oh, the Denver Broncos. I think owning the Denver Broncos is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Well, explain to me why it isn't. <sighs> you just don't understand football, Marge. You know I ride with my Arizona Cardinals. Most likely I'm going to die as an Arizona Cardinal. I'm going outside ripping Arizona Cardinals. And everywhere I go, I rip my Arizona Cardinals. Arizona- At our final game, Sunday afternoon, we go to the desert and the Arizona Cardinals. Five and a half point favorites against the visiting Detroit Lions. Another big over-under here with 55. You know, so far this season, Kyler Murray has more rush yards than Christian McCaffrey, more rush TDs than Ezekiel Elliott, and more pass yards than Patrick Mahomes. That guy is a serious threat on offense, and he's proving it every game because he single-handedly has turned around the fortunes of that franchise. Uh, You know, and meanwhile, the Lions, the LOL Lions... They never fail to set new lows. Last week, they became the first team in NFL history to lose four straight games in which they had a double-digit lead and have now lost 11 in a row. You suck, you jackass. Matty, I'd like to say that surprises me. It doesn't because I was watching the game live with a Packers fan, and he was getting all his knickers in a knot when it was 14-3, and I was like, dude, don't worry. Don't worry. It's Matt Patricia. As a Packers fan, he should know better. He's played the Lions enough. <laughs> well, for sure. And, you know, the if you want to bet on this game and you're a Detroit fan and you want to take your own team, just do it in the first half. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's it. That's all I'm going to say. First half betting for Lions fans. You know, we're using the Westgate odds here, uh, and it was pegged at five and a half on Wednesday. 
I'm sure that line's probably going to go up from there, but there's nothing in my DNA that would suggest that I should take the Lions. Kyler Murray, you, you mentioned a few of his stats before. I think the most impressive one is that he's leading the league at rushing yards per attempt at seven yep. and a half. And, and Detroit's allowing 425 yards per game, which is good for fifth worst than the league. And now they're going on the road? Uh, I'm I, dude, I no, I'm um, as much as I hate to say it because they're in my division. I think I think Zona's going to ride this one, and as long as it's under a touchdown, yeah, uh, go Zona. Well, what I really enjoy about watching this Arizona Cardinals team is we all know about how much fun it is to watch Kyler Murray, but uh, I'm a defense guy, and the Cardinals seem to have this new commitment to defense this year. Yeah, they're, all, right. they're only Absolutely. allowing 17 yep. and a half points per game. That's the second fewest in the NFL. And they're in a really hard division. For sure. Uh, you know, last year they were allowing 27 and a half points per game. That was the fifth most in the NFL. Add to that the fact that uh, I looked it up. Stafford has actually struggled in Arizona. Struggling. He's averaged 239 pass yards per game in his career versus Cardinals. So they don't, the they don't do well in the desert. They do not no. do well in the desert. It definitely is moving up from five and a half. I can see this getting to a touchdown. I, I still think it's worth it. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals are going to win this game. Uh, I'll take one terrible beer filled up way too high so I spill most of it and a too long hot dog and a too short bun. And do you have mustard and relish? Yeah, it's right there between the entrance and the exit to the bathroom. Perfect. And can I get a bag of unsalted peanuts? You know, something I would never eat anywhere else in the world. Sure, here you go. Great. Great. I can't wait to have diarrhea in the stall with no door while 20 guys wait for me to finish. All right, the Sunday Nighter should be a banger. The New Orleans Saints are uh, three-point favorites at home in the Superdome against the visiting Green Bay Packers. Uh, 52 and a half is your over under. You know, I know everybody that's listened to this podcast enough knows that everybody knows the Packers suck. Everybody knows that the Packers suck. As a gambling man, Andy, as a wise guy, I think the wrong team's favored here, don't you? Are you shitting me? I am absolutely not. shitting Dude, me. Do you know how hard it is for me to say something nice about the Green Bay Packers? Do you know what that does to me? Do you my soul leaves my body. Maddie, do you understand the philosophy of the recency effect? That's what you're buying into. Don't buy into it. Do not buy into the recency effect. Well, since when is Aaron Rodgers destroying his competition through the air? Recency effect. I'm a Bears fan. I've watched that guy annihilate my team for years. And before no, that, I had Brett Favre. Are you dude, fucking out of your mind? This I'm not out of my mind. Roots in for fact, a team this, that had this, two think, legendary Hall of Fame quarterbacks go back to back, for God's sakes, talking to me about quarterback play. Get the fuck out of here. All right. Well, let's not talk about quarterback play. Let's talk about offensive line play. And guard let's Lane Taylor is out with a knee injury. The center, Lindsay, is questionable with a thumb injury. Now, it's I know Maddie. Even though the, the guy that touches the ball every single down, who's got a bum digit, you do not put a handicap on people with fewer than 10 digits. Is that correct? Correct, sir. Right. I do. 
How dare you? And if your guard, or sorry, if your center can snap you the ball cleanly every time, that's a bit of a that's a bit of a problem. Hey, now, Devon- let me t- hey, hang on here. Because there's probably offensive linemen that are going to listen to this, and I'm going to stick up for them right now because there's nobody fucking cooler or more tough on any team I've ever played on than a dude on the O-line. These guys break fingers, tape them up, and play all the time. And centers, by the way, the same thing. I'm not going to accept this broken finger theory. How dare you? Dude, I know that Green Bay doesn't play a lot of defense. And I know that New Orleans doesn't play a lot of defense. So what I'm going to gamble on on this is that over under 52 and a half is going to get blown out of the water. Erroneous. Erroneous. No. Erroneous. What? No, it's not erroneous. Yeah, no, I, no. You're going at this. You're looking at this game the entirely the wrong way. This right. is going to be a relatively low score. When I say relatively low score, I'm talking like 27 to 20, right? But Green Bay is there. They are the sweetheart of the NFL. Everyone's seen that. Yeah, Aaron Jones has 236 yards from scrimmage and three touchdowns. And oh my God, look at look at all the touchdown passes that that uh, your, your golden boy is throwing. I no, what the, not my golden boy. He's not my golden. And by the way, he's dude, the golden boy. Look of your at division. how much offense the these two of teams division. have generated. Over the last two games, this isn't just recency effect. This is my sample size for this year. So look at how much offense both teams have generated this year. And look at the little amount of defense that they've generated this year. And you're telling me that you want to take the under. Do you understand what regression analysis means? Oh, good grief. I know Breeze is going to struggle without Michael Thomas. Uh, This season, he's averaging only 4.8 two air yards on his passes that's the lowest of his career um but look man i okay you had your gut earlier okay uh the packers have not defeated the saints on the road since week 16 of 1999 but my gut says that changes this weekend i'm not only taking the packers to cover but i'm adding them as a bonus money line maddie pick this week Oh, Jesus. That one hurt. Yeah, I must have. I can I can actually feel the pain from where I'm standing. I remember in grade four when Becky Rose kicked me in the balls. And that's yeah. got taking the Packers is worse than that. And and then the next year when they did it, it was kicking me in the ball. Yeah. <laughs> No, man, look for Emmanuel Sanders to become a factor back in this game, even with Michael Thomas. Dude, um, I don't think there's more of an over or an underreaction to these two teams. You saw New Orleans get their ass kicked by the Raiders on Monday night, and you saw Green Bay kick the crap out of whom? Exactly. The Lions. Come on, man. No, this is not, this shouldn't be this shouldn't be that hard a decision for you. New Orleans kicks the crap out of your Packers, and you should be lucky if that happens. Oh, bless his heart. He's got to be the sickest man in America. On the Monday night. With the uh well this one. This this wow. is how you end a regular season week 
NFL schedulers nailed this one. The Baltimore Ravens, three and a half point favorites against the visiting Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, 54 is your over-under, which is pretty appropriate. Seems like those afternoon games are the big scoring over-under games. Um, This is the first game in NFL history between former MVPs who are both 25 years or younger. Um, But the Ravens, man, they've won five consecutive games by 16 points. That is ridiculous. And Lamar Jackson... 4-0 Four and zero in his career in primetime games. Twelve pass TDs, no interceptions. Talk me off of taking the Ravens right now. Before I talk you off any sort of ledge here, you, you're talking about MVPs. So last year, Jackson was the MVP of the league for the regular season, and Mahomes was the MVP of the Super Bowl. So I think that's probably one of the first meetings of its kind, especially for those uh, younger players at that age. I'm looking at this thing, and I I looked at it again, Maddie. and then I stood on my head, and then I looked at it another way, and then I looked in a mirror, and I looked at it that way, and I I turned the... I, I turned my my prompt sheet upside down, and my power ratings on the other side, and I still... I I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, I guess... I guess Vegas is just daring you with that hook, right? To take KC. Um, but <laughs> every bone in my body wants to go with Baltimore. Every bone in my body thinks they're a better well, team. Let me, let me make a case for Baltimore because you know I like the defense, man. And the yeah. Ravens are playing solid D. They've only allowed 11 points per game this season. That's the fewest in the NFL. And, you know... A lot of people chatting about uh, Chiefs rookie running back Edwards Hilaire, which obviously they should. He's doing great, but he's going to find it tough getting yards. The Ravens have allowed 88.5 rush yards per game since 2018. That's the second fewest in the NFL. Like, dude, I agree with you. This game is going to be close. I don't know if, uh, like, I have not bet on this game yet. I didn't buy it on the early line like I do on some games. I just... I agree with you. You can look at it a bunch of different ways, and this this game can either be like super close or it could be a blowout. But man, I just oh, I know. I think no, no, the no. Ravens gonna, are going to win. It's not going to be a blowout. No, it's you don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think Baltimore has a chance to get up big, but then you know Kansas City does what Kansas City does. They come in in the fourth quarter and they'll, they'll crush you, right? Well, what I like about this game is not really the total. I like the. Well, this is kind of a little tease for you, but I, I like it as a there it's gonna be in my teaser for the week. That's what oh, I'm yours, doing in this. Yours game. too, eh, Matty? Oh, are we are we together on that? Andy and I don't tell each other what the teaser is gonna alert. be. So yeah. yeah. All right. Well, you know what? I'm with you, buddy. I think uh Ravens are at home in Baltimore. Um I think yeah, Lamar Jackson, he's electric. Pat Mahomes, he's electric. It really is a toss up whether or not you want to take the Ravens or not, but I like him at three and a half points. I'll give him a whirl. No, I never honestly more. dude. Honestly, dude, I I don't recall too many instances where you've talked me into a game, but I I really did not have a decision. And again, coin flip, but I let, let me just go with the home team. I, I, I gotta go I'm gonna go with the home team on this. So we're on, both on the, Ra- the Ravens? We're on the Ravens. Quoth the Raven, nevermore. Please hang up and try again. 
All right, now it's time for a little segment we like to call the Total Tease. And, uh, well, it's where Andy and I both give you a total that we like and a teaser that we like. So, uh, Andy, how about you uh, go ahead and give your total that you like? What do you like this week for a total? Well, I hate to say this, but I'm actually going to MetLife Field and um, the fact that it's not a proper football field. And I think when you've got a field that's in question, um, yeah, they're going to slow the game down with the, with running plays. But I think you might see a lot of turnovers because of it. And now that you've got so many replacement players being in the game, I think that's actually going to contribute to a larger total of 41. If it was 55, I would do obviously the opposite. But because it's such a low total, I can see, you know, pick sixes, Weird things on special teams, and I think this is going to go over the total of 41. So that's what I'm going to take for my total. On the tees, Matty, you'll love this. And you don't get this opportunity too often in the NFL. I'm taking the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 to 17 points. Oh! 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 And then, yes, there was some foreshadowing, but I, uh, I will also uh, take an underdog uh, on the road, and I'm that would be the Kansas City Chiefs, and I'm going to take them up to nine and a half on a six-point teaser. So, yes, San Francisco and the New York Football Giants over 41, and your Jets and your Chiefs on the teaser. All right, for my total, uh, I'd like to go to Minnesota-Tennessee. The total on that game is 49. I like the under on that. Both teams uh, like to run the ball. I mean, geez, in one half uh, in the first game this year, in the first half, Kirk Cousins had only two pass attempts, and he was sacked both times. Uh, Minnesota definitely likes to run the ball, and Tennessee's obviously got Derrick Henry. So if you've got Derrick Henry, you run the ball. Uh, A lot of time gets eaten off the clock. That 49 total for those two teams, especially the way Minnesota is on offense without Stephon Diggs this year, I think that 49 is an absolute gift, so you should take advantage of it. Uh, As far as my teaser, uh, I'm with uh, Andy. I'm taking uh, Kansas City and Casey Baltimore from uh, plus 3.5 to plus 9.5. And And then I'm going to take the over in that same game down from 54 to 48. Good for for you, Maddie. Yeah. Good for you. So Green Bay... That's that's the epitome of a wise guy play. Thanks, buddy. So just to uh, reiterate, if you will, uh, I'm taking the uh, Minnesota Vikings and the Tennessee Titans under the total of 49 and uh, Casey Baltimore for my teaser uh, from plus three and a half to plus nine and a half for KC. And I'll take the over uh, down from 54 to 48. Well, thank you for listening to week three of Almost Wise, guys. If you liked what you heard, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud so you won't miss a show. You can also hit us up on our Facebook fan page for additional content and picks from all week three games across the NFL. From the Costa Nostra Studios, for Andy the Prognosticator Attridge, back at Almost Wise Guys Central, I'm Matty Buller. Get out and pick yourself a winner. If you liked our podcast, please share it with a friend. If you hated it, please share it with two enemies. Tune in next week at the same bet time on the same bet channel. Sayonara. How many times 
Did you love that other man behind my back, baby? How many times did you follow him home? How many times should I take it on the chain and take another spin, baby? How many times? How many times? Out here it's colder and the sky is bigger and the trees are older and the air is clean I'm a newborn soldier with my finger on the trigger and a chip on my shoulder I'm the American dream How many times did you love that other man behind my back, baby? How many times did you follow him home? How many times should I take it on the chain and take another spin, baby? How many times? How many times? You're a supernova, getting bigger by the hour, and you're picking up power, running on steam. Always fucking me over, and you saw me down the river, and you taste so bitter. Oh, you're a perilous queen. Did you love that other man behind my back, baby? How many times did you follow him home? How many times should I take it on the chain and take another spin, baby? How many times? How many times? And you're picking up power Running on steam Always fucking me over And you sell me down the river And you taste so better Oh, you're a perilous queen How many times Did you love that other man behind my back, baby? How many times Did you follow him home? How many times should I take it on the chair and take another spin, baby? How many times? How many times?